Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 14th. This is week 11 of the NFL season, and we're on on the right time. The phone lines are working. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, very experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, sir, very well. Like, like you said, it's good to be on in, a, in our normal slot, although last week, despite all the inconvenience, we did get an extra day to get the news updated. So uh, there were some pluses and minuses, but, you know, we're, we're right back on it. It's getting late, getting to be crunch time in the fantasy season. So we've got, uh, got hopefully some good tidbits for you guys this week to help you make that final push towards your playoff run. Yep, I, I want to get right to that in a, in a second. Uh, of course, those of you who've been listening, and, and if, whether you have or not, first time listening or whatnot, uh, we, with some uh, sad news, uh, longtime senior staff member John Cooney passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were very fortunate enough to work with him. I worked with him since 2009, brought a lot to the site. Um, and his family is in need because of all the medical bills uh, uh, John had multiple types of cancer, uh, and he, he, he passed away in his early 60s. His family is in need. Um, I posted a link to the GoFundMe uh, on my Twitter. Uh, you can find me on X, I guess, uh, FF Mastermind. Uh, so I appreciate you checking that out. Click that link, and if you uh, even just donating a couple of dollars, five bucks, ten bucks, whatnot, whatever you can afford to help out the family, uh, we very much appreciate it. And the rest of this season and, and uh, all of this season and this podcast is dedicated to John Cooney's memory. We very much appreciate that. All right, let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, uh, shocking development. Uh, which team in New York is the best team? Uh, the Jets or the Bills? And you would think the Bills, of course. Well. But they're five and five, and the Jets are four and five. But uh, this is a Super Bowl team, right? Uh, Josh Allen and such. Well, all kinds of picks, interceptions, turnovers, fumbles. Uh, <laughs> wow! And it led to the firing of offense coordinator Ken Dorsey, who took over for Brian DeBall when he went to the Giants. So, uh, fantasy impact on the on Josh Allen and the rest of the offense, uh, Chris, off the top of your head. Now that uh, Ken Dorsey is out, uh, what, what what's going on? What do you think is going to happen there? But what, the best team in New York? You're not including the Giants as a possibility? No, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, this is, this is a scapegoat move. It's, it's just that they had to do something, and they had to blame somebody. Um, frankly, I don't see that Ken Dorsey was the problem. I mean, he's been the offensive coordinator for, what, 
five years now, something like that. Seems to me Josh Allen's done pretty good. That offense has done pretty good the entire time there. In fact, Josh Allen, aside from the turnovers, is actually on pace with any of his other seasons, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, passing yards, passing touchdowns. The offense is moving the ball. They just can't stop turning the ball over. Allen, obviously, is leading the league in picks, and he's fumbled a bunch. The offense is fumbling. Gabe Davis to drop passes. He led the league in drop passes last year. How is this Ken Dorsey's fault? What's different? Um, I don't. I don't know. I think this is a scapegoat move. So as far as what this is going to do to the offense, I mean, if anything, maybe it just puts them all on high alert that even the guy that's responsible for their success could be held accountable for their failures. Obviously, you saw what happened to James Cook. He fumbled on that first snap uh, on, on the Monday night game and then didn't see the light of day until the second half still ran, ran for 100 yards total. So there's, there's some accountability that needs to happen here. And I think people just need to be a little bit more, a little more attention to detail for Buffalo. This offense is very good. The team is very good. They're going to be there, but right now they're out of the playoffs. They have the same record as the Indianapolis Colts right now. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, my, my thoughts on this is, first of all, the defense has taken a lot of injury hits. Uh, Matt Milano, the yeah. linebacker, was really a leadership role on that defense. And Jadavius White, uh, gone for the year, they've got a lot of uh, holes in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the secondary and in the defense. And uh, so they're uh, uncharacteristically uh, letting uh, teams run on them. And, uh, I mean, J- uh, Javante Williams, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, that's, that's what the Denver did. They controlled the clock, uh, kept the ball out of Josh. Allen's hand then I think maybe they need to, to run a little bit more and maybe maybe give uh, James Cook the ball a little bit more in the in near the goal line there uh, kind of mix things up and uh, you know do some the little shovel passing to him or something you know something to keep it you know from uh, you know being so so kind of stale uh, the other thing is like you mentioned the drops are stand out I mean I was watching this game I mean pass after pass I mean even Stefan Diggs had a drop in the game and you know it was just they couldn't get anything going when they could could, then you know they moved right down the field, and especially late in the game when they were behind, they were just running the ball, and you know Denver can't stop the run, and that was a smart thing by them. They just left too much time on the clock for for Denver to kind of matriculate down the field, and and then of course the penalty, the twelve men on the field, you know, <laughs> I mean on a, on a field goal miss, that that's that just is a curse right there. So. You know they're five and five. Uh, they probably earned that five and five record. But you know, moving forward, I think they could uh, make the playoffs, or they could go the other direction. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but as Josh Allen goes, the Buffalo Bills will go, and that's how it how it always usually is with the quarterback position. Moving on over to Pittsburgh, some interesting news broke today that wasn't uh, meant to, I guess, anyone's ears uh, <laughs> over the weekend. But uh, Mike Tomlin went to uh, Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh and said, "Hey, you're going to be starting." Uh, and nobody, nobody said anything about this, and he actually did start the game. But they were, you know, rotating the backs uh, between uh, Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren. They both had very good success and scored in that game. Uh, is there any fantasy uh, impact with this uh, announcement, or, or Chris, or am I, uh, am I crazy in thinking this really doesn't matter who starts? I think it really doesn't matter until one of these guys starts to get more than something close to 50-50 they're doing. Now, actually, he was named the co-starter, and when they announced the offense, they came running out in the field one by one. Both uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were announced as running back starters. So they were. it's not like he was saying, hey, Najee's no longer the starter. He was the first guy in the field. But, I mean, the, rea- the reality is everyone who watches this team knows that Jalen Warren is way more explosive, way more efficient with his touches. Harris was only good for the first two years of his career because he had just ludicrous volume, which he's just not getting anymore. 
So um, yeah. he's. A, I, I think if what this is going forward, I think Jalen Warren is going to be the running back probably next year, and maybe getting the lion's share, if not all the carries, if they do something with with Najee Harris. But um, for the rest of this year, I don't think that makes a, a hill of beans a difference. It's going to. They're going to. It looks to me split time until somebody on the Pittsburgh staff, <clears throat> Mike Tomlin, decides that he's just going to actually <laughs> give the ball to Jalen Warren a lot more than Najee Harris. And, and for some reason, I don't, he doesn't seem to be willing to do that right now. Well, the, the, the team keeps winning. They're winning these close games, and that's all that matters to Mike Tomlin. And, you know, why mess up a good thing? You keep both backs happy in the fact that they're both getting a lot of carries, and when the running game goes, you know, you see what you see. They're both getting uh, carries in the teens, and uh, Warren runs for 100 yards, and, 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 and Harris runs for 80 or so, and they both score, and everybody's happy, and the team wins. So I don't see any – it's almost like semantics. It's like almost someone, someone want to make a story about whether they always name the starter, but like you said, co-starter so it doesn't really matter because they're both going to get their touches uh over in miami they're waiting for the rookie uh explosive rookie devon achan uh to come back from a knee injury and it looks like he's going he's got a good chance to play this week they opened his practice window designated him for, to return from ir so what's your thoughts on the dolphins backfield once uh once he's playing uh, do, we, do we keep starting mostert uh brahim mostert as a fantasy start or uh, or what what do you think chris well, why wouldn't you? I mean, when you, when you look at when, when Achan was on the field was the first three or four weeks, yeah, he was the number three, number two or number three fantasy rusher, uh, fantasy running back in, in the league. But Mostert was the other number two or three because they're they basically second, third. I, can't, I forget who was ahead of who. Um, and, yeah. and McCaffrey was one. So it's like they were clearly putting up not only good numbers, but, but star running back numbers coexisting in the backfield. So Absurd, I, yeah. I don't see this. Be, yeah, I don't see this being an issue going forward. If if, if anything, I mean, Mostert had become a, a no-brainer every week start with a Chan out of the lineup. Um, now maybe you might think about it a little more, but I think they're both still RB ones. Well, as long as both in the field, and this is just going to make that that Miami offense look even more dangerous. Going to free up less coverage downfield for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, this is going to make Tua and Jalen and and Tyreek. And all these guys start to put up those numbers like they did those first four weeks, which they kind of gotten away from the last the last month or so. And I think that's just because they, they had that explosive threat missing from the backfield. Yep. Okay, moving on over to Baltimore. Uh, well, everybody ran out and grabbed uh, Keith Mitchell. Uh, and then uh, he proceeded to see just a handful of plays, and in fact, one touch, I think, in the second half. But guess what? He broke off another uh, almost 40-yard touchdown run. Uh, and then, of course, they asked uh, John Harbaugh after the game, uh, hey, uh, what's the, the Mitchell kid who only got one touch in the second half? Oh, yeah, we're, we, we meant him to play more and all, but we're going to give him more touches moving forward. So what does that mean for fantasy, uh, Chris? If you got Keaton Mitchell, uh, obviously, if you picked him up and you're desperate, you're going to start him and hope to God he scores. But what happens if you've got two or three other guys that you know are two, or RB2s, RB3s, do you go ahead and put Mitchell in the lineup and hope and pray, or, or, or do you want to see actual uh, you know, eight, ten-plus touches a week moving forward? What do you think? I, I mean, he's, he's a three with upsides right now because, you know, on any given week, like you said, he can take one carry. Much like Devin Achan, uh, he could take one carry and, and get you 15 points right off the top. So I, it's – I don't know if you can rely on him right now. He's just not getting the touches. I don't think he's going to get enough touches. Obviously, from a dynasty perspective, he's great. I think what he's going to do, though, is maybe actually free up that passing game so it's a little more effective. Right now, they've been just running the ball so well, 
especially in close, that Lamar Jackson really hasn't put up a lot of good fantasy points for the last month or so. But that threat, that home run threat in the backfield might just keep them a little more honest and give guys like Zay Flowers a chance to really get down the field and, and maybe open them up for some big plays that they've been lacking. Yeah, I tell you, Lamar Jackson is kind of grumbling on the sideline here. He was like, hey, uh, if you own Trevor Lawrence, you know exactly what's going on, and uh, you're not happy about it, but that's the way the breaks go. Well, let's get to the you know, list of injuries here. It's a pretty short list. Deshaun Watson with the ankle and MRI. Uh, they haven't really talked about it yet. It's Tuesday night, of course, so we're going to find out if you'll be able to play this week. Uh, looks like it wasn't a major thing. Matthew Stafford with a thumb coming off the bye. He threw on Monday. He's expected to play this week. That's good news for the Rams and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, that Achilles, uh, you know, he's still trying to rehab it all. And finally, we got some kind of an indication of a timeline that he hopes to come back in mid-December. And, of course, you know, the Jets are going to have to win at least a couple more games before then to stay relevant for him to come back and play. We'll see. Justin Fields with that Three thumb. Months. Uh, he need, hmm? Three Pardon? months. He might come back from a ruptured Achilles in three months. That's crazy. That I know. It's crazy. Insane. It, it, for a 47-year-old guy. Yep. It is insane. I'll believe it when I see it. So it's going to be interesting, a lot to talk about. Uh, over in Chicago, Justin Fields with that thumb, uh, they want to see him uh, take uh, team reps uh, and see how things go in practice to see if he can come back and play this week. They really need him. Uh, Baker Mayfield with the thumb, looks like he just banged it. Uh, they expected to play. They checked it out. Not a big thing. Of course, uh, you know, playing and playing well in San Francisco this week is going to be a totally different matter. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Kelly Herbert with the ankle of Chicago, they, uh, they, they gave him one more week to rest, so it looks like he might be able to come back and share the workload there with Dante Foreman. Uh, Alexander Madison suffered a concussion, so uh, in all cases but two over the past two seasons, a player with a concussion has sat out of game, so I wouldn't expect him to play. Ty Chandler is the hot pickup for the week at running back uh, for fantasy owners in need there. Uh, Damon Pierce with the ankle, uh, you know, uh, obviously the Texans, I don't think are going to rush him back with uh, Devin Singletary coming off that big, huge breakout game last week. Uh, over uh, for the Chargers, like they need another injury at a wide receiver, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, landed hard on his shoulder. Uh, I've got him in several leagues, and I was like, ooh, I hope that's not a broken collarbone. Oh, apparently it wasn't because he came into the game when they were, they were at the goal, used him as a decoy. Then later in the game he caught a long pass and ran for a score. And I'm like, this guy's a non-human. So anyway, they list him as day-to-day. We'll see if he practices this week and play. Fingers crossed there for people that like me that own him. Nico Collins with a calf injury. These old Texans wide receivers take turns having big games, and then they have injuries. So, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get back on the field in practice this week and play. T. Higgins with the hamstring. He's out on t- Thursday. They haven't said uh, – they haven't officially called him out, but he's not going to play because he's not practicing. Michael Thomas with the knee uh, in, in New Orleans seems fairly serious. He could miss some time. They have a bye this week, so uh, – A.T. Perry was the rookie that came in and replaced him, uh, took over his role completely, and actually caught a touchdown. So that's one guy you might be able to get fairly cheap this week because they're on a bye this week. Uh, Traylon versus a concussion. We'll see if he can practice this week and play. And Gerald Everett for the Chargers, another receiver there. He's a tight end, of course, uh, with a back injury. He's day-to-day. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. 
co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free good stuff on there, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, updated on a daily basis with all the NFL news around the league. And, of course, uh, we're still pumping out the free eye in the sky scanner reports, including those that cover the Colts. Uh, well, from Chris Rito, he covers the Colts for us. So, uh, of course, we're uh, still producing the newsletters, uh, expanded picks to click, the market feature, rankings for the week, including flex rankings, our injury report. Uh, and, of course, we update everything on Saturday in terms of the rankings and such. Our midseason sales only $12.95, uh, 68% off, uh, price of a medium pizza. Try us out. And, of course, follow me on Twitter and X. FF Mastermind, and you'll see the link there to the GoFundMe for John Cooney's family. Please check that out. I appreciate it. Well, let's get to the picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or sitting for certain situations and scenarios and such. Give me a couple quarterbacks this week, Chris, that you like and why. Uh, second week in row, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. I, last week I said he'd have a bounce back, and he certainly did. And this week he actually plays an even worse pass defense than the Buccaneers. The Buccos have allowed seven of nine quarterbacks to top 20 points so far, and they're averaging about 25 points per game for fantasy giving up. Purdy's actually averaged a top 10 level, 22 points per game for the season. That includes a couple of stinkers with some weird circumstances, some injuries, and against some top-notch defenses. But like I said, this is not a top-notch defense. The, the Bucks are about the most favorable matchup most weeks, and this week they got to travel 3,000 miles across the country to play a newly refocused team. So love Purdy this week. Uh, and then I like Tyler Murray again. Uh, he was rusty last week and on a bit of a pitch count when it came to running to protect his knee, and he still topped 20 points in his debut last week. So I think the Texas native is going to travel to Houston this week to face another week pass event, one that's allowed over 25 points per game over the last six weeks. Murray might even get the governor taken off a bit on the ground, so raising both his ceiling and his floor. And I think he's going to have yet another week to shake off the rust. So I just can't believe he's still available in like 20% of leagues right now. You've got to go pick him up. You might even want to think about starting him. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I was watching some of the highlights there, and there's that one scramble where he ran all the way halfway across the field and still ended up um, running for the first down and uh, sliding at the end. And <laughs> he uh, he looked 100%. I was shocked yeah. to see that because usually you lose some kind of speed coming off a torn ACL, but they uh, they gauged it right when to put him back on the field. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. A couple guys I like this week, uh, Jordan Love, Green Bay. I know, uh, you know, he's kind of been up and down, mostly down, but uh, he looked pretty good last week even though they lost the game. Uh, well, guess what? He gets the Chargers this week, and their secondary is not very good. So uh, I think he's going to fare uh, fairly well, throw a couple touchdowns in this game. So if you need him, start him. Dak Prescott's hottest quarterback in the league right now. I think he's leading the league in, in passing yardage. Uh, you roll with him against the Panthers. I know the Panthers uh, technically are uh, pretty good against the pass, but, uh, you know, Dak's just playing out of his mind right now, and they've got Brandon Cooks involved there. So go with Dak if you've got him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, these are really kind of bottom feeders. It was just kind of a weird week with the schedule. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 
Uh, he's not going to do much against the Browns on the road. It's just a terrible matchup there. Uh, boy, he's uh, really almost neutered Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens recently. Uh, Bryce Young, he's doing the same with Adam Thielen, right? Forget it against the Cowboys. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure if, if he gets off to a, a poor start in this game, uh, I won't be surprised to see Andy Dalton come into this game, and that's one guy that actually get the offense going. But, you know, we'll see. I still like Bryce Young long-term, but in this offense right now with these players around him, uh, it's just they're just not getting the job done. Something needs to be done about that. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, and Dalton was with the Cowboys last year, so he might know those guys. It might not actually be a bad move this week. Um, I'm not real keen on on, on Baker Mayfield this week. This is not a shock. He's an obvious flick, even if he wasn't potentially nursing a thumb injury on his throwing hand. But going to face that vicious 49ers defense so far from home, even with a likely negative game script to help his volume, I just can't see a way he posts great numbers. I mean, to be fair, he's been consistently solid for the last month. But this defense is keyed up, and they're going to get a full game from Chase Young after he only played five snaps in his debut last week. Still posted half a sack. I just think this could get ugly for Baker and, and the Bucks, unfortunately. And then Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's been started most of the time he's been active, but he has been at best a low-end starter and more often a number two caliber guy. He's only topped 235 yards once this year, and we're still waiting for his big outburst game or some huge rushing stats. He's going to be facing a Steelers team that limited him severely back in week two and has held four of its last five opposing fantasy quarterbacks under 18 points, including Lamar Jackson, to 15. Uh, I just can't see a pass forward to a high score here. He's got a low floor. And like you mentioned earlier, he's also managing a foot injury that saw him in a walking boot after the game, even though he did play the second half after he got injured. Yeah, I tell you, I did not know that about Chase Young and only five snaps. Uh, I remember seeing a highlight from that, and it was the one where he got the half sack. They could converge with Bosa on the other side, and I was like, oh, well, they're already uh, they're already playing lights out. And, of course, they shut that team down, and he only played five snaps. And, oh, well, <laughs> that's a big talent that's going, to become, that's going to be unleashed. All right, how about a couple of running backs you like and why this week? I like Joe Mixon on the Thursday game. I mean, Thursday games are always heavy for runs. But the Ravens have been surprisingly mediocre in stopping the fantasy running back recently against some fairly pedestrian options that have posted solid numbers. Teams are just avoiding their pass defense. Um, with so many of the Bengals' wide receivers dinged and their line struggling to, to pass block, I see them running the ball a little bit more, maybe jacking up Joe Mixon's volume. He's also averaging just under 19 PPR points per game in his last four against the Ravens and five receptions per game in that time. And he scored a touchdown on three straight Thursday night football games and five of his last seven primetime games. So he likes the limelight. I'll, I'll, I'll take Mixon this week. And then I'm going to say Tony Pollard again. I know he's on a ludicrous streak of not scoring touchdowns, but regression to the mean surely has to take place. And he surely has to find the end zone sooner or later. As good as this offense is humming, he simply has to have a big game. Um, and as good as this offense is, the Panthers are that bad against the running backs. They're allowing five yards to carry, a league-high 12 rushing scores, and 15 running back touchdowns. Come on, Tony. It's now or never, bro. Uh, unfortunately, we play against him in our big fan next showdown this week, so we might get smacked by him finally exploding. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I agree with that. Uh, Donta Foreman, you know, scored on the Panthers last week, uh, you know, on Thursday night. So uh, I think that Pollard's going to finally break that, uh, that drought, and it, it's gotten ludicrous. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Devin Singletary, you're coming off that breakout game. you got to ride a hot hand against the soft Cardinals run defense. So I think Singletary is going to have another successful game with a score. And Brian Robinson, uh, wow, uh, you know, he's facing my Giants. Uh, what, what more can you say? I think he's going to score uh, in this game, maybe even twice. Could catch one, run one. But if you got him, you're going to start him, and, and you'll like the results. 
A couple guys I'm concerned about, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, the Eagles do not allow much on the ground, and Pacheco doesn't really catch many passes. So you might be looking at like a, I don't know, 14, 15 carry game for, you know, 45, 50 yards, maybe a catch. That's not much. And then uh, Kyle Herbert, uh, I sit him until he plays and produces with Dante Foreman still hot for the for the Bears. So, uh, you know, they're probably going to, uh, you know, let him play this week. But there's no way he's just going to come in and, and reclaim the starting job and, and see a workhorse roll not the way Foreman's played. So I'd be concerned about starting him this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? You know, we mentioned Najee Harris earlier. I mean, Warren just does look like the better back every week. And I know Harris is getting trotted out there to bang it between the tackles just too often, in my opinion. He's just not going to find a lot of room there this week with the Browns shutting down nearly all rushing, especially on the interior. Speed and receiving options are the, really the only way to have any running back fantasy success against his defense. And Harris really doesn't have either one of them. Um, he's been held under 37 yards in three of his last four games against Baltimore, and he's averaging single-digit points per game so far for the year. So, ick, I'm just staying away. Um, I don't like Chuba Hubbard this week either. Um, the Cowboys have been pretty tough against running back, and they definitely reduced opportunities due to their offense exploding and putting teams in negative game scripts. Uh, both of these look likely to impact Hubbard, who on his own has definitely faded from value. He's only averaged eight PPR points per game the last three weeks, despite playing a highly favorable schedule and being in close games. Uh, but he's only averaged two and a half yards per carry, and he's failed the score. So I just don't see a road to him topping even 10 points this week in PPR. So he probably has no business in your starting lineup, even with a bunch of really good running back options on by. Yep. Okay, how about wide receiver? A couple of guys you like and why? Um, I really like Tank Dell this week. Uh, in the five games he's played this year fully healthy, he has five touchdowns and averaged 20 PPR points per game. The last two weeks he's posted 25 points per game, and no one else has scored three touchdowns in the whole league like him. And only a couple have exceeded his 25 targets. Everyone's looking at these Noah Brown explosions. Tank Dell has quietly been very, very good. Um, I expect the scorching passing game for the Texans to roll again this week against a weak Cardinal secondary. It's been a little susceptible down the field, especially. And if Nico Collins is another no-go, I think the red-hot Noah Brown will stay heavily involved. But I think Dell's going to be the top target again, no matter what uh, is going on with Collins. And then I really like Rashi Rice this week. He actually has just as many red zone touchdowns and only one fewer red zone target than Kelsey for the Chiefs. And is among the top 10 in the NFL in red zone targets and catches, despite being about fifth in snaps and targets on his own team until a few weeks ago when he stepped into a more full-time role. He's clearly the focus of the passing game, uh, especially in the red zone when Kelsey is not locked in. Uh, So I think that well-rested Chiefs team is going to be hosting the 32nd-ranked Philly pass defense in that Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. Nobody allows more to the wide receiver in any scoring system than the Eagles. So he should score and maybe even have his highest volume this week too. Yeah, it's going to be a good game for Patrick Mahomes, I think. Okay, uh, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. I already mentioned uh, Jordan Lovell. He's going to throw the ball to and throw the long touchdown to. It's going to be Christian Watson against a soft discharger secondary. So start Watson if you got him and need him. Terry McLaurin, I think he's going to score on the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I, I got uh, Jan Dotson in a couple of leagues, but nope, I've been sitting him. And I'm glad I sat him last week. Two targets, no catches. Uh, Terry McLaurin still the WR1 there, and he's going to burn the Giants for a score. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week. Chris Godwin, like you said, uh, Baker Mayfield's got the thumb. They're playing in San Francisco. Godwin scored one touchdown all of this year. The, uh, on top of this, the 49ers really limit the WR2 of opposing teams. So Mike Evans might get his score. I don't think Godwin does much in this game. And unfortunately, uh, since we own him and I own him everywhere, Adam Thielen, Bryce Young struggling. The Cowboys, uh, I think, are going to clamp down on the overall pass and passing game of the Panthers. Now in PPR, Adam may still, still catch four, five, six passes or so, but unless the red rifle gets into the game, <laughs> I 
think Adam Thielen's not going to do much. So just be careful there. Expect your uh, temper your expectations. He's a caution play for me. All right, Chris, how about you? A couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, kind of very disappointing this year is Calvin Ridley. He's been all over the place, mostly in the range of disappointing, though, so far. Uh, six of his nine games in single digits for PPR, barely averaging 10 points per game. Six times he's posted under 40 yards receiving and five times caught three passes or less. He's just not trustworthy in your lineup, uh, even against an opponent that's been generous more often than not. Ridley's only two decent games this season were two that Zay Jones played in week one and week five, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, and Zay was arrested yesterday and still might not be healthy, so I think Ridley's got too low of a floor to merit a start despite maybe a wide receiver two ceiling. And then my Ouch. caution play of the week, <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> caution play of the week, I know this sounds crazy, but I think it's Brandon Cook. I know he scored better in recent weeks. Dak's thrown the ball a ton, but I don't think this week he's likely to be throwing nearly as much, and his targets are not going to veer away from Lamb anywhere on the field or from Ferguson in the red zone. Uh, Cook's had yet to top four catches in a game until last week, and with a surprisingly tough Panthers pass defense, it's number four and fewest points and yards allowed, he could be in for a floor game. Uh, you mentioned number two receivers for, for being shut down by team. The Panthers have allowed an average of three catches for 25 yards to the number two receiver in the, in the nine games so far that they have faced this year. They've held five number two guys to 16 yards or less, shutting out two of them. So I'm just a little concerned that this might be a floor game for Brandon Cooks. Okay, well, I hope that's not the case. I've got Cooks, and I'm going to start him this week. We'll see. <laughs> I'm starting him over Godwin. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the PPR league, but, you know, we'll see. I need the outside. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love Luke Musgrave this week. You know, you mentioned Christian Watson against the, uh, the Chargers. Uh, this rookie's coming off uh, quietly a career high in yardage last week. I think he's primed for a breakout against an opponent that has been crushed by the tight end in recent weeks. Chargers have been just tragic at defending the tight end all year but especially in the last four weeks, allowing 23 points per game to the position. He's a sneaky good play this week. He also makes a really nice, cheap DFS stack with Jordan Love if you're, and if you're playing DFS games. And then I love Trey McBride. This is not chasing last week's points from his breakout game. He's seventh amongst tight ends in PPR over the last five games, second in tight end targets, and third in receptions over that time. So he's been producing consistently for over a month. This week, his resurgent overall offense faces a Texans team that has been the most generous to the tight end through 10 weeks allowing the most catches per game to the tight end, despite only playing one decent tight end, one guy in the top 15 all season. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Sam Laporta didn't do much last week, but I think he's going to be needed more at home against the Bears. Uh, they're very beatable defense, so if you've got Laporta, you're going to fire him up. I think he's going to produce for you. Dalton Kincaid, what has he not done over the past month since Dawson Knox got on IR? Dawson Knox is going to be out at least one more week. The Jets have allowed six tight end touchdowns in 2023. That's a specialty uh, in terms of ugliness, and Kincaid's going to get his score this week. So you're going to start him, and you're going to uh, keep starting him, and he's going to uh, produce for you. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, Cade Otten, uh, tight end. For the uh, Buccaneers, the 49ers played the tight end really tough, so I'd be careful about that. And, of course, uh, Cade coming off a big game two weeks ago last week. Uh, yeah, two catches, 10 yards. So uh, with Baker Mayfield dinged, uh, not not a good time to go with Otten this week. And Irv Smith, uh, he had a score a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Tanner Hudson though, is getting more of the looks uh, in the offense last week. And uh, they're playing uh, Baltimore. Uh, this is not the week to stream him against the Ravens. Uh, so I sit uh, Irv Smith and look elsewhere. How about you, uh, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, to all of our listeners, see, we told you not to play Kate Otten last week, so we hope you listened. <laughs> yep. 
Um, uh, One of my caution plays is David Njoku. He's been about the most consistent tight end player the last month, posted four straight solid PPR games, but, you know, with a minimum ceiling. This week, the opponent looks pretty likely to limit him. The Steelers have been really good at defending the tight end. They've only allowed one tight end touchdown so far this year, so I think his ceiling is definitely capped even more than usual, and his floor might be a little lower than it's been in recent weeks. So he's a caution play that you might still start. He's probably still a low-end number one. And then uh, my big caution play is Evan Ingram. The Titans are the only team yet to allow a tight end to score this season, and Ingram is the only tight end in the top 20 for PPR yet to score a touchdown this season. So this looks like a week where his ceiling is definitely low, even if his high target share keeps his PPR floor kind of high. He's surely an every-week starter, like I said, regardless of matchup and PPR, but this definitely looks like something on his lower end this week. Okay, it's time for a one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with him, Chris. Love Greg Joseph this week. He scored 10, 10 or more points for the last five games, and the Broncos are top seven in points allowed to kicker. Plus, he gets the benefit of altitude for those distant scoring systems. And then I love Riley Patterson this week. The Bears have allowed multiple field goal attempts, six straight games. They've averaged over 10 points per game allowed all year and nothing less than seven all season. Plus, he's kicking indoors in late November, so that doesn't hurt. Uh, as far as defenses, I mean, obviously, you got to like the commanders playing at home against the Giants, against the Tommy DeFito-led New York Giants. I mean, that, that's enough said right there to make want to play them. And then Miami was actually surprisingly under-owned. Maybe they were dropped over their break or, or what with the tough games coming up. But they're playing at home against Las Vegas, an underrated defense coming off a bye at home against a team from the Pacific time zone facing Aiden O'Connell under center. I mean, you got to love Miami this week. Yep. Okay, before we say goodbye, I wanted to give it a, a quick update on how uh, – FF Mastermind is doing in our expert leagues. Uh, Chris, uh, you and I are fortunate uh, where we're playing in FanX, uh, and we started out not too good at one and three, but we managed to win six in a row, and a lot of that is uh, the decisions of your, you uh, to, to, to choose the starters and such, and uh, I've, I've been there to support you and everything, and I think also uh, uh, getting uh, uh, Kyler Murray and holding on to him uh, hopefully will help us down the street, uh, down the road too. But 7-3 and three in first place in our division, uh, you know, uh, we still got some work to do, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's heading in the right direction. Uh, Steve Yerger, IDP specialist for FF Mastermind and I, uh, we, we uh, own a team in the Half-Axe Dynasty IDP Auction League. Yeah, yeah say that uh, fast <laughs> three times. Uh, well, believe it or not, we're off to our best start ever, and I can't believe the last time I ever had a 10-0 and team, but we are 10-0, and and I hope I just didn't curse it. <laughs> so. But, uh, you know, it's a 16-team league, too. So uh, I remember last year we had a really good team. Uh, went into the playoffs as a two-seed and promptly lost. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you can be good all year long, and then you get in the playoffs, have one bad game, and you're out. Let's hope that doesn't ha- happen. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, in, in FF Webmasters, that's the other uh, final expert leagues, that uh, myself and John Cooney uh, have a different team. Uh, he, he was uh, running his team under the Pass to Win. That's his uh, website name. Uh, and, and, and John went out on top. Uh, he, uh, two weeks ago, he was in first place, I think a 6-2 and two record, uh, best record in the league. And, uh, you know, uh, what more can you say? So we managed to kind of pick up the pieces there and keep his team going. I've got my own team there, and, and through uh, eight weeks, I've managed to take over the lead at 8-2. and two. Uh, so uh, once again, first place. I, you know, very, very good season so far. Fingers crossed it continues. 
and uh, we're going to do what we can. Anyway, thanks for, uh, for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarick. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 12 preview. Yeah, I tell you, we're in the, in the home stretch now. Good night. Good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!